Good morning, and welcome to our fourth catechesis session on Justin Early's book, The Common Rule. You know, I have in my mind's eye, I am picturing all of you seated in our sanctuary, and instead of looking at my face on a computer screen, I'm looking at you. And I'm seeing your faces, and I'm gauging your responses to what I'm saying, and there's personal interaction, and I just really miss that. This is not a substitute. So I have a request. If you have enjoyed these videos or you have a comment or a question, would you mind dropping me an email this week and let's start a conversation about them. Or better yet, if you have time, Wednesday evening, we're going to be having a safe gathering of a few people in the Undercroft to discuss the book, The Common Rule and what impact it's had on our book, our lives the past few weeks but we'll also be doing a Zoom recording. So you'd like to join online, please do. If you're interested in joining us in this gathering on Wednesday, please email me. So this morning, we're going to be talking about the third spiritual rhythm for Coronatide. I've chosen for our chapter this week, daily habit number four, scripture before phone. This is a great habit to think about when we're thinking about developing a rhythm of reading the scriptures. Again, what I love about Early's book is he just doesn't present these habits as things we should be doing if we are good Christians, but provides reasons why these habits are important. And for the chapter on scripture, he chooses to talk about identity and how when we look inside ourselves, we often find a variety of versions of who we think we are at war with each other. We are going to be watching a very short clip from Early's video on this chapter, in which he talks about another incident in his life when he had a special epiphany about how in this case, identity and what he does first thing in the morning is shaped. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the fourth daily habit. That's the habit of scripture before phone. The idea behind this habit is to realize that the morning is a formative moment. And when we give our attention immediately to our phones, something happens. In fact, there's been a huge shift in global patterns of human behavior. And right now, we all begin our days kind of the same way. We turn over and we look at our phone. And we're going to see that this has consequences for who we think we are and how we think we're loved. So during my first year as a mergers and acquisitions attorney, I worked a lot with our London office, which was about five hours ahead of the office in the States, which meant, of course, that by the time I woke up every morning, the London office had already generated about half a day's worth of emails for me to find waiting in my inbox. Now, of course, I'm in a new job. I want to do well. So I began trying to prioritize the London office task each day. Thus began a new morning routine. I would wake up, roll over, and check my email to see what London needed. I remember one morning, a couple months into this, I got up because I heard my son cry, actually. And then a couple minutes later, I'm in my inbox, halfway through composing a response to the London office, when suddenly I realized my son is still crying. And what was I doing? Writing an email. It was in that moment that I sort of snapped out of it, and I realized, how was it 
that I had become more attentive to the cries of my office than the cries of my son. What happened? Here's what I think happened. Over the course of many months, my head was asking my phone a very practical question. What do I need to do today? But in the same moments, under the radar, my heart is asking my phone a much more profound question. Who do I need to become today in order to be lovable? And the answer, of course, was simple. Perform. Work more. Work faster. This is not just true in work emails. I want you to think about the morning news. Beginning our day in the drama and palace intrigue of morning news, which, by the way, is designed to get us so angry that we stew on it all day and come back for more in the evening, that's really different than beginning our day in the epistles, which are designed to speak the word of God's sovereignty over the chaos of the world's kingdoms and thus give us peace. Think about social media. Waking up to scrolling pictures of other people's lives, how they're spending their time, so pretty, so clean, so curated, kids who don't cry, so much travel, how we wish our lives were different. This has unintended consequences in envy and a desire to imitate and live for people that we don't even know. How different is it to wake up to the Psalms, which say that God made you fearfully and wonderfully, and He loves you just as you are. And look, the point here, of course, is not to say that any of these things are so bad, emails, news, social media. I engage with all these things on a regular basis. But the point is to realize that the human heart is an identity vacuum. And first thing in the morning, it is going to be asking, who do I need to become today in order to be lovable? And the idea of this habit of scripture before phone is to answer that question rightly. Here are some tips on getting started. First, I would consider getting an alarm clock so that you don't need to get your phone out to wake up. If not, consider putting your phone on Do Not Disturb until maybe 8 a.m. so that when you do pick it up, you don't see all the notifications that are trying to draw you into the day before the day's begun. But more importantly than all of that, get a reading plan. Maybe it's a devotional. Maybe it's something you're doing with your small group. Or maybe you just start going through the Psalms. But when you wake up in the morning, go to the same place, sit down with that same cup of coffee or whatever it is, and spend a couple minutes reading the Word of God and watch it begin to change you. Because here's the thing, once you know who you are in God, then you can turn to the world and love. Then you can turn to emails, then you can turn to social media, then you can turn to the news and love. But if you don't, you're going to turn to the world looking for love. And that, that order, makes all the difference. So that's the idea behind the daily habit of Scripture before phone. Here's your fact to ponder, your question to discuss, and your habit to practice. Fact to ponder. The share of Americans who read for pleasure is now at an all-time low. So think of how interesting and kind of radical it is just to be someone who reads every morning, but even more so to be someone who looks to the scriptures and reads about the love of God every morning. Your question to discuss is, what is the first thing that you do every day? Share that. What's your usual morning routine? Share that with the group. And your habit to practice this week is scripture before phone. So if you need to change your background to remind you, if you need to get your phone out of your room to remember, whatever it takes, through this week, what you're going to be doing is reading a short passage of scripture before you look at your phone. So in his book, 
early explores at length this idea of identity and what sources in our life do we draw on to make our identity more clear to ourselves. And he argues we do this by looking out rather than in, that we don't become ourselves by ourselves. So we look to others to reinforce who we want to be. So he makes this statement. Refusing to check the phone until after reading a passage of scriptures is a way of replacing the question, what do I need to do today with who am I and who I am becoming? Because no words of scripture can bear the weight of a response to this question. Because when we turn our eyes towards Jesus, only there do we finally see the kind of person we were made to be like. But now to the practical. Early suggests finding a reading plan. Well, as Anglicans, we have already some built-in reading plans with our daily and Sunday lectionary. If you are new to Anglicanism, you know that we have a, a Sunday reading and also there seems to be these daily readings and these are taken from lectionaries and this can be just a little confusing. So I put up this slide of Thomas Cramner because Thomas Cramner had a purpose in mind when he created the first Book of Common Prayer in 1549. He wanted to create communities of prayer from congregations and families rather than from monasteries. And so he carefully compiled the first Anglican Book of Common Prayer to contain liturgies, not just for Sundays, but for prayer offices for every day of the week that were intended to be public services, not private prayer times. And Bible reading was to be the center of those prayer offices. That is why even in the very first edition, Cramner devised daily and weekly plans for reading through the Bible in an entire year. The first lectionary he devised was the Sunday lectionary, those scriptures read and preached in our Sabbath gatherings. Cramner cared so much about this Sabbath plan that he actually organized the Sunday collects to hold the same theme of the scripture readings, and perhaps you've sometimes noticed that. And he also wrote a set of sermons to go along with each Sunday's readings, because in the beginning of the Reformation, a lot of the priests had not yet had adequate theological education, nor had they been fully converted to Reformation theology. But let's fast forward 400 years. Today, there are very few ch churches that are holding four public services a day. So many of us have adapted these prayer offices to private use. But when we have a service in the middle of the week at All Souls, we do hold a service that is one of the prayer offices. We don't just make up a service. If we meet at night, we hold evening prayer. If we meet in the morning, we hold morning prayer. As far as the lectionaries today, a lot of churches have a common lectionary. By the time of 
the mid 19th, 20th century, there were so many different lectionaries that there was a council that got together and had an ecumenical effort to provide a standard lectionary for use by both Protestant and Catholic churches. This happened in the 1970s, and this is how we've, we have come up with our common lectionary. It's been revised a few times, but it is still largely read by millions of Christians every Sunday all over the world. And this is something that Thomas Cramner started. It's kind of neat, actually. Our ACNA Sunday lectionary is also based on it. The Sunday lectionary then provides a three-year reading of the four Gospels and a continuous reading of the New Testament in large parts of the Old Testaments. So in our prayer book, we have the built-in weekly plan that early suggests we adapt with a three-year reading plan of most of the whole Bible. So in All Souls, our daily prayer feed on the liturgy site, Liturgy with Us, we have starting on Thursday, we start reading from the lectionary for the upcoming Sunday. This is the an excerpt from Liturgy with Us for Saturday, where we were reading the gospel reading for Sunday. So I think that this is a great way to meditate upon the scriptures for the upcoming Sunday so that by Saturday night, if you're using this site, you will have a chance to meditate upon each of them, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the gospel. But what about the readings the other days of the week on the site? As you know, we've decided this daily site to be a place where we can find daily prayers for fellow souls, as well as a place to find passages of scripture to read daily and to meditate upon. And we wanted to make it accessible to everyone by providing realistic amounts of scripture to read. I am of the school of thought regarding scripture reading that values meditation and true interaction with the scriptures over amount. I also like to separate my study of scripture with my meditation of it. There are times of the week where I will take on longer, more continuous reading of the scripture, but for times of prayer, I want my scripture reading to be meditation sized. So the readings that we have chosen for the other four days of the week are loosely based around the full reading plan that's provided in our ACNA prayer book. And if you will follow our liturgy with us on that site, you will have read most of the New Testament in a year. The Psalms that are provided follow the prayer book cycle that will take you through the entire Psalter every 60 days. I also want to note that the text of the Psalms are from the 1535 Coverdale translation of the Psalms, which has been employed by every Anglican prayer book for centuries and was renewed in the 20th century through the labors of Anglicans like T.S. Eliot and C.S. Lewis, and it's brought to its final form in our ACNA prayer book. We can appreciate that in Cramner's time, people did not own Bibles, nor was there a lot of Bible literacy. And that is why he had daily service of prayer held in parish churches where there was a continuous reading of the scriptures. And that was the entire Old Testament once a year and the New Testament twice a year and a 30-day reading of the Psalter. 
So if you are looking for that kind of reading plan, I recommend you go to the ACNA prayer book website because that is how the prayer book services of morning and evening prayer in the full prayer book are designed. And a link to this daily lectionary can be found on our Common Rule Prayer resource page, which I will turn to in a moment. But I wanna stress something that has really helped me. And that is the realization that the shorter daily readings of scriptures don't undercut the need for longer study or the desire for longer study, but build the foundation for it. So here we are on our webpage that you open up to allsoulsanglicanchurch.com, allsouls.com, and you find our Coronatide dashboard. And we have a panel here for the common rule. And this takes us to our opening page on the common rule. And you can see here, we have three daily helpful links. One of them is the actual All Souls Daily Prayer site, which will take you to the liturgy with us daily prayer. The other one is the common rule catechesis page where you can see the community read, you can find the videos, you can find the assignments. And then we have the common rule three daily prayers, which is our resource for you for developing this habit of praying three times a day. So here we have daily prayer, which it, we have a couple of of choices for you. We have the All Souls, again, daily prayer site. If you are someone who likes to pray offline, you don't want to turn on your phone, you don't want to turn on your computer, we have here a printable PDF of the very same liturgy. And to go with that, we also have the weekly readings and prayer cycle. So even whatever you're using and you want to join in with the common prayer or the common reading, you can just go to this uh, page on our website. It's renewed every Sunday morning. And you can print this out, print out the page and tuck it in your Bible and you have the readings and you also have the prayers. So these are some of the practical ideas that Early suggests in his book. Create a new routine if this session has hit home for you but create a realistic routine for your life. Figure out one baby step towards what you ultimately are aiming for. Maybe it means leaving your phone off for five minutes after you get up, or maybe it means leaving it off for 30 minutes or an hour. And to do this, set your phone on do not disturb for a time in the morning you know you will have had sufficient time to wake up, maybe grab a cup of coffee, and spend at least a few minutes in scripture and kneeling prayer. Maybe at that time you will just read the daily Psalms provided in, on liturgy with us for that day, and maybe just praying some of the brief opening prayers of the day that starts off framing your day in prayer. Or maybe you will choose that time to have an extended time of prayer and scripture reading, meditating on whatever the scripture passage is for that day, and entering into the intercessory prayers that we provide for our community. But you need to choose what is right for you. And then secondly, once you get that routine down, maybe you can figure out one or two times of the week where you can set aside 
a longer time of study and maybe use the lectionary from the ACNA website or just pick one gospel or Old Testament book that you decide to read through continuously over a period of time you pick. And to find that ACNA prayer book, you can go to this site, which is the Daily Office. And you can see that, especially if you'd like to read the evening prayer readings from the prayer book or do the evening prayer liturgy or the Compline liturgy, this is where you would go to find that. And you'll see that here are the lessons for that day. And if you decide maybe twice a week, you'd like to go to this um, website, you can actually choose what calendar day you want to be on. So you could actually pick up where you left off the day before or the two days before. The calendar is set up for the whole year, so it's really flexible. So the whole idea is to find out what works for you and how you can frame your day. I'd like to close with these words of Early's, which I think are really pertinent to what we're studying in terms of finding the rhythm of reading the scriptures. And that is, quote, the story of scripture is clear that we do not know who we are apart from God who has made us, and we don't know who we are becoming apart from the God who is renewing us. Thank you for listening this morning.